Welcome to Yahoo Finance Presents. This is Dan Howley, and we are speaking with Tony Fidel. He is the creator of the iPod and co-creator of the iPhone, as well as founder of Nest. And he's speaking to us today about his new book, Build. Uh, Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I guess I just want to jump in right away and ask, you know, what made you want to go over uh, kind of your history here and write a book sure. like Build? Sure. Well, Daniel, thank you for having me first on the, on the show, and I, I hope we uh, have a great conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Um, why, why build? Why did I write it? It was something I've been thinking about, and people have been nudging me about for the last 14 to 15 years. Obviously, a lot of things have changed, and Nest happened, and all the other stuff, but it's always been on the back of my mind. Hey, Tony, why don't you write a book about all these experiences? But that wasn't the motivation, actually. I was always like, nah, it's not right. It's not right. It's not right. about Two and a half years ago, I just, I was sitting there and I guess it was a melancholy moment, what have you. And I was thinking about my life and looking back and saying, wow, I am so lucky. I've been able to do all these things. Why am I here? And obviously there was a lot of hard work, but there were incredible people along the way that helped me get to this point in my life. We got to, I got to work together, but most importantly, mentors in my life, mentors who gave me uh, advice and knowledge without any, without any, you know, financial reward and just saw something and said, Hey, I think I can help you. You know, you're, you're trying really hard, you know, maybe you should think about it this way or that. And I was like, okay, I'm open. Let's, let's talk about it. And, and through all those conversations with those mentors, you know, I was able to, you know, they gave me a lot of advice and things to get me, to help me see clearly um, the future of my career and, and what I do. And then I also thought about who those were, who those people were, and most of them had died. And I was like, wait a second, I'm not getting any younger, not gonna get any more hair. And I was like, oh, I think I'm the mentor now. And I'm doing it each day at Future Shape. We call ourselves mentors with money. And I said, I think it's time to give back. I'm a mentor and I should do it in a, in a format that's scalable. I can only do it so many, days a week and talk to everyone. And so many people want, have so many questions, many of them the same questions. And so through those conversations, I was able to put together a whole list of the commonly asked questions, what's going on. And then I said, okay, now I understand the book. The book is an encyclopedia of mentorship. It is not, I didn't want an autobiography. I didn't want any of that stuff. I wanted to really help people at hopefully a scale that is, you know, you could do it on the web, but a scale that's, tangible that is legacy something that's not paper over papered over like everything on the web today you know you post something and 20 seconds later somebody posts over it this is that's the reason and it was a crazy thing i'm not a writer you know I'm, i've never done a book before not an author but um but got you know i didn't make an ipod before either or i didn't make a lot of things i did you know you got to just do fail learn as i i say so hopefully this isn't going to be a failure <laughs> I, I want to ask you, you know, speaking of the iPod, what was the process like for that, right? Like that's, that was one of the, the seminal devices, right? It, it, you know, for all intents and purposes, yes, you know, Apple had turned itself around a, a good degree prior to that, but that was really, you know, I mean, <laughs> I remember when it came out and it was just, I had, full disclosure, I had a mini disc player, uh, with, <laughs> if you remember what those were, uh, sure. prior to having an iPod, uh, 
guarantee that nobody else knows what that is, but, but the two of us, but um, you know, it was a seminal product and it really kind of changed the trajectory of not just, you know, uh, the company, but the music industry, I guess, what was that like that, that process of seeing that come to life in, in real time? Well, look, you know, I, I was, we, you know, we put that thing together. I, you know, I put together the, 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 the styrofoam prototype or, you know, I should say mock-up whatever it was to show Steve. And that was, you know, over us and, and all the background and electronics and all the kind of stuff in about six weeks from when I became a consultant and then presented to Steve. And then it took about eight and eight, eight and a half months after that to actually realize it with a whole new team and everything. So it was running really, really fast. But I think, the, th the thing I have to look back on is that 10 years leading up to that, which was failure after failure after failure, whether it's General Magic or Phillips and the things that we talk about, all the failure in the, in the book that we talk about, because that is so seminal and so important to actually being able to move at, at speed and at scale with the iPod, right? So it was taking all those lessons learned and all those people and all those networks of semiconductor vendors and LCDs and batteries and all that stuff to put it all together in that short period of time. And so, yes, it was a very, very quick um, uh, development, but it was because myself and the background I had, as well as the other people we brought on the team who had similar backgrounds, we were able to run very quickly to make that happen. And we didn't know it was gonna be success. We had no idea. Apple was a very, very different company back then. And, um, and a lot of people weren't ready to join up to Apple. I sure certainly wasn't. It took me weeks to figure out if I was going to actually join because it wasn't the Apple we know it today. When, when you look at the, you, you know, you talk about failures and you talk about uh, things you've learned along the way, I guess when you went on to the, the iPhone then, right? You know, that's, I mean, it's the iPhone, right? It's ubiquitous. It's everybody <laughs> right. has one in their yeah. pocket virtually. Sure. What did you, what were kind of the lessons that you had learned prior to that that got you to that? And, and helping to, to put that together? Well, you know, when you have the iPod and the iPod was a instant critical success, it wasn't a, you know, a business success. It took three versions to get it right. We talk about that in the book, but it took three, three, three iterations to get that right. And things are going really, really well. At some quarters, we were 60%, 65% of Apple's in revenue coming in the door. Like we were substantial. And it was like, oh my God, this little team inside of Apple. And we were able to, you know, kind of turn the ship, obviously with Steve and everybody, everybody pulling on the oars together. And so that was an amazing feeling. But then we had this, you know, behind, behind us, ba-boom, ba-boom. Boom. And that was the cell phone market, right? The cell phone market is taking off now. It's starting to start, you know, we're hearing about some data things coming out, you know, data on the cell phone. We're like, boom. And we're like, okay. And, and our team, we used to call it this. We said, when is the celestial jukebox going to happen? You know, all the music in the sky, in the cloud, that can wipe out iPod because people don't want to have to transfer the songs. They just want it anywhere. And we're like, oh, okay. And so that moment hit and we were like, oh, that's existential. Are we going to actually be able to cross uh, and, and continue to compete when the mobile phones show up and maybe have similar features? Because they were starting to adopt MP3 playing, those kinds of things. They were nowhere near as elegant, but they were trying because they didn't like, they didn't like the iPod as eating their lunch and they needed more features to stay ahead of all the competition doing the same thing. And so it was a very big decision 
you know, um, to actually cannibalize the iPod to be to create the iPhone. And so there was a lot of discussions about that. But to tell you the truth, we were we were at from all different angles um, inside the company, uh, inside our group, which was we were doing the iPod plus phone, which was an iPod classic with a phone built into it, a video iPod, which was a full screen iPod with a single touch touchscreen. We were working on that going, OK, what's the future of the iPod? And then and on the Mac side, they were, what's the future of the Mac? And they were doing a multi-touch Mac, um, which was this huge ping pong prototype sized um, multi-touch display with a projected Mac on it. And so all of those things had to come together to create what was the iPhone um, because the iPod plus phone didn't work. You couldn't use a, a click wheel to make a call or insert text, right? It just wasn't gonna happen. Um, and the Crackberry at the time was the thing to use, right? So that had mm -hmm. a hardware keyboard. So the, all of these things were all tearing at, tearing at the iPod going, where's the future of the iPod? And um, and obviously the the iPhone came out of that after significant uh, revisions to the prototypes and our ideas to then come out in 2007 and become the the plat the product and then the platform that we know it today. Well, when when you look at then when you went on to Nest, you know uh, the the backstory of that is fun that you know you were just trying to really find a solution that did what Nest does, right? You know, these kinds of thermostats and and just didn't exist at that point in time. So I guess, you know, when you started doing that, was that just something that you would thought, you know, okay, I've, I've done these other products, these other major devices, and now I want to go somewhere else and start up this huge firm. So how, how does that work? Well, look, doing the iPod, doing the iPhone, doing the Nest thermostat, and then the smoke detector and all that other stuff was all about pain. It starts first with pain. And so, you know, the iPod, I was working on it before the Apple, you know, a, a, a different version, but would, because I was a DJ. So I was trying to solve the pain of all these CDs that I had to lug around. Vinyl wasn't the hip thing, you know, those kinds of things then. It was CDs. And I was like, oh my God, I got to lug this around. And so that was solving that pain. iPhone obviously was solving the pain of taking your computer everywhere with you. The laptops are only so big. And so it's like, oh, I can get iPod functionality plus email plus internet, all the other things, right? When it came to Nest, it was really about the pain of comfort, an ugly device, an absolutely ugly device that no one loved, no one cared about. They usually hid, they didn't pay anything for, but it controlled 50% of your home energy bill. Mm. So this thing that, that no one loved, that hated, never worked well, you didn't even know anything about it. It was arcane maybe like a 1980s VCR flashing 12 all the time. <laughs> you and I understand that, you know, that maybe a lot of the listeners don't know what that is, but it's solving that pain. Cause for me, I really care about the environment. I've cared about the environment since I was a kid. And so I was like, I want to save energy, right? Because I want to, don't want to be wasteful, but I also want to save money. And I want something that really tells me and helps me save and sets the comfort. So it was really born out of the pain of, you know, going up to our Tahoe house and they either selecting, I want it warm when I get there, but there was no way to remotely control it. I was, I was jury rigging all kinds of stuff and couldn't make it work over years. Or I would always leave it, leave the, the thermostat on and then waste tons of energy and tons of money and hurt the planet. And so it was that pain to come together with a solution that was like, oh my God, my wife looked at me and goes, you're the iPod guy. Why a thermostat? That's not fun. 
<laughs> and so we had a real, we had a real, um, a, a, you know, a real effort to come together to tell the right story in the right way to go, look, this is about, not about saving the planet, it's about saving you money. It's about some, making something cool, making something that costs five to 10 times more than you'd ever consider using a thermostat, you're know, buying a thermostat for, making it self-installable, making it lovable, making it loved. That was the magic of Nest is we were able to pull in all the years, you know, we had teams from iPod, iPhone, General Magic, Philips, pulled all those people, just like we did when we did the first iPhone or iPod, pulled all those people in to then say, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about these unloved products in the home and we're gonna revolutionize them. And that was, you know, people were just like, you're nuts and you know, or you're crazy. And then we, then it turned out, I think we were kind of crazy smart. So, so, so it, it all, it all happened. And, you know, we took a leap and it was all because of pain. It started with pain and we put a lot of love and emotion and rational thought into it. And, and, and we're able to come out with that product. Well, just as, as a final, I want to ask you, what are some of the technologies you're looking at now? You know, uh, sure. the metaverse is obviously a hot topic or there's uh, <laughs> NFTs, you know, right. uh, is there anything about that, that, that kind of inspires you, or is it something that you're, you're not as interested in? Well, for us at Future Shape, so Future Shape is that we call ourselves mentors with money. We're not a venture capital firm. We're not just an angel investor, but we have a firm with multiple people in it, a team on two continents. And what we do is we look for disruptive technologies and disruptive marketplaces and with go to disruptive go to markets that help the planet, help societies and help individuals health. That's what we care about the most. How do we do those things? And so what we look is for those disruptive technologies. So we're doing things like aqua technology, aqua, aqua tech, ag tech, agriculture. We're doing medical technology and biotechnology. We are doing um, you know, sensors and semiconductors and various things, uh, new kinds of switches to, to, to change the trajectory of where we're going to be that fundamental you know, layer of technology that can change everything above it. The incumbents don't understand it. You know, I, I looked at, I learned that from, from the iPod, General Magic iPod and, and, and iPhone, uh, even Nest, was take technology that no one else is using that's really cutting edge and disrupt that whole marketplace and change the trajectory of these industries. And so that's what, what we look for in incredible entrepreneurs trying really hard things. And we go in and help them. And Build, the book, was born out of that because we're, we're like I said, having the same conversations with them over and over, how to hire a team, how to build, how to build yourself, how to build your company, your product, how to think about marketing and telling stories. That's all in build. And it was, it's just a daily thing of how we mentor. And so I wanted to make sure we got that out to the world so we could scale it because we're only a, so, a, a certain set of you know, size people and we can only touch, like I said, 200 companies. I want to touch 20,000, 200,000 entrepreneurs trying to do things because they've seen, they've seen the, the magic of Nest or the magic of iPod and they felt it. They want to do the same thing. So let's look behind the scenes. And so what we're, like I said, we bring that to them and we want to do that with those technologies that are really going to help the planet, help the society, help societies, or help individuals in their health. All right. Tony Fidel, author of the book, Build an Unorthodox Guide to Making Things Worth Making. Obviously, also the creator of the iPod, co-creator of the iPhone, and founder of Nest. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. And have a great day. I really appreciate it.